If you've clicked boost post, I don't think that you've ever truly run a Facebook ad. Boost post only shows it to people who are most likely to click like. Likes don't generally convert to revenue. This is the Ideas Lab podcast, where you can learn from great creative and entrepreneurial minds how to turn your ideas into original businesses, books, and brands. Because in a crowded world, it pays to stand out. This is your host, John Williams, best-selling author and founder of the Ideas Lab London. This episode of the Ideas Lab podcast is a deep dive into the most powerful platform today for getting you new leads and new sales for your business online. That platform is Facebook advertising. And our guest is founder of Social Accelerators and expert in Facebook ads, Caroline Thomas. I interviewed Caroline on a sunny day sitting outside at her home in Gran Canaria, and we cover a lot of ground. Caroline will explain the three different types of ads and when to use each one, the default settings in Facebook advertising campaigns that will actually trip you up, and why video is so powerful to use in an advert. She also explained step-by-step how she used Facebook ads to build an entirely new email list for a client and to fill her own networking event at a bar in Gran Canaria. Finally, we have a conversation about what it takes to choose a new country to live in and set up your life from scratch, as Caroline did. Well, let's start this podcast by just describing where we are at the moment. Where are we, Caroline? We're in Gran Canaria, in the sunny south of Gran Canaria, in a place called Maspalomas. We're sitting on my terrace. The sun is shining. It's seven o'clock at night. It's probably still about 24 degrees and the birds are singing. Yeah. So you hear some birds and doggies and people walking past. And that's why we're sitting outside enjoying the sun and having a discussion about Facebook and also life in uh, Gran Canaria. We'll talk about that a little bit too. So... Since you are an expert in Facebook and you run this business, Social Accelerators, and you run, uh, you consult on advertising campaigns for all sorts of people, I want to know why is Facebook so exciting to people these days? Because everyone's saying you have to understand Facebook ads. That's primarily what we're talking about. Why are Facebook ads so powerful? You know, we've got Google ads, right? But everyone's much more excited about Facebook right now. Google ads are great for people who are actively looking for what you do. Yeah. And that's why everyone spends money on Google adverts. However, it's a highly competitive place, as is Facebook, by the way. We'll come on and talk about that. But um, if you've got a new business, a new product, a new brand, something that you want to promote that people don't even know about then it's kind of hard to run Google Ads unless you're running really competitive terms and have got lots of budget. Yeah. Whereas Facebook ads are great because you're putting stuff into the newsfeed that people who are likely to be interested in will see as they're scrolling through their Facebook newsfeed. So that's that's why everyone's saying start with Facebook ads. And by the way, it's not just in newsfeed these days. You can put adverts into the newsfeed. You can put them into the right column for the people that still do occasionally use desktops. There are still people that use Facebook on a desktop. But then I'm Um, old. And likewise, Um, you can put them into Messenger. You can use the audience network, uh, you know, their audience network. What is that? That's people who um, they have placements in blogs and stuff. Oh, right. So you can run a Facebook ad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And also on their own stuff, 
stuff such as Facebook canvases. So that's people who that's that's typically publishers who um, have put their content onto the Facebook canvas platform yeah. because it loads super quick on a mobile so you can actually advertise on that now as well oh, okay so like google ads it used to be the thing people use when you're running an ad you're running a blog and you wanted to have some ads down aside and google would give them to you and you make money off them and now people are starting to use facebook facebook yeah. are really yeah. eating google's and lunch aren't they they are and they're also putting um ads as annoying as i find them mm. and even as an advertiser i find them mid video that's the most annoying oh, that is place really annoying so um i'm not not a major fan of running video ads in videos they're, mm. they're effective but actually it stops people watching really great content so i do abandon some videos yeah i abandon a lot of videos yeah. because of facebook ads in the videos but i'm quite happy to see them in my news feed and in fact they're normally unobtrusive unless it's got something that you really want to stop and look at um, yeah. Because you're so used to scrolling through the feed quickly, yeah. so it's it's. But that's why it's the yeah. fact that people don't know about you, and you can kind of force your way into where they're looking, mm. um, and they spend an awful lot of time on Facebook, and that's why they're great. Right, because Google Ads, right? You've got to go and search for it. So you've got to go. I'm searching for a replacement exhaust, or I'm searching for a you know a dentist or whatever it is. But Facebook, you can actually scroll. You can, as people are scrolling up, they can see things that they're likely to be interested in that they haven't even thought of buying yet. And and part of that is because you can target really well in Facebook. Facebook has the most... So, okay, what I'm about to tell you will yeah. scare some people. Okay. Right, okay, because... We get Facebook, too techy, we're going to lose some people, some people will like it, that's okay. But Facebook knows an inordinate amount about you, yeah. okay, more than you think you've given it. Yeah. So when we complete our Facebook profiles, we're giving Facebook some of that information, such as our, lo our hometown, such as our names. Mm. Um, we're kind of giving Facebook some information based on the pages that we like and the groups that we've joined. Um, what's probably scary to most people is that Facebook know your browsing habits. So if, for mm. example, you click on a link that you see on Facebook, mm. Facebook will then know that that's your interest, even though you haven't liked a page about it. Mm. If you go on to purchase from that website and that website has got a pixel installed on it, Facebook mm. knows that you're likely to purchase through a Facebook advert. So it knows way more about your browsing activities, wow. the sites that you're looking at, than you would hope mm. to as an individual. As an individual, but of course, as a marketer, that's a dream. Yeah. So to explain the term, the pixel, it's a strange term actually. I suppose it is uh, a one-pixel image that they put on there. The, what it's you a do piece is of code. Yeah, it's a piece of HTML code or, uh, or JavaScript, and what this means is when you've got your website if you want to track who comes to your website using facebook's technology and then run adverts in facebook to those people which is a really good idea to do then what you do is you install this bit of code which they call the facebook pixel and it's unique to you and your uh, ad account on facebook and what happens is if you ever seen that thing where you go and look at you know uh iron boards one day what did you say if you go and look at a pair of shoes on a okay. in a store uh, on an online yeah. store for example and then you come back to facebook and all of a sudden you see those shoes on the right hand side or yeah. they've appeared in your newsfeed that's not facebook stalking you or listening to conversations that you're having in messenger <laughs> you know one of those conspiracies that uh -huh. i hear all the time it is really that they know your habits because you've clicked on a yeah. link somewhere so and that's and, and as a marketer that's great because often people will go and look at something and they won't buy the first time. Now in the old days, if they come to your website, they look at your shoes or whatever it is they're considering buying or your course, um, and then you go away. Chances are they'll never come back. But this way, you run adverts to them 
And then a little while later, they go, oh, I, sh- I, I do need that ironing board, actually. Or I do need that course on how to find everlasting love or whatever it was you were browsing. And then you go buy it. And But beyond that on Facebook, the targeting is really great because you, what are the kinds of targeting that says like, OK, I want to run an ad, but I want to only show it to these kinds of people. What sort of options have you got? So can we clear up the difference first? I, I guess I want to go back a stage yeah. before we start talking about targeting. So... If you've clicked boost post, oh yeah, I don't think that you've ever truly run a Facebook ad. And a lot of people that I speak to say, Caroline, Facebook ads don't work. And then when I talk to them, I say, why are they not working for you? What they've done is they've clicked boost post. They've maybe spent 10, 15 pounds on a advert that they would consider to be an advert. Mm-hmm. They've maybe selected two or three things to target. They might have selected a, a location, a name, Oh, sorry, a location, an age range, a gender, and then maybe two or three interests. Yeah. And then they've put that out to the world thinking that that is an advert. Technically, it is an advert. Mm-hmm. It, it, you're paying to get that seen. But if you've clicked boost post, boost post only shows it to people who would um, who are most likely to click like. Oh, okay. Likes don't generally convert to revenue. Okay, yeah. Um, so, so the most you're going to get so this is if you've ever like if you have a Facebook page for your business or for something you're promoting something you're writing about then it will often Facebook will say do you want to boost this do you want to boost this it's only $10 5,000 people will see it so that, that's what we're talking about Yeah. and what you're saying is all it's ever going to get you is a few likes. It, and it, it could really get help. you lots of likes, depending on where you. Okay. But but what lo, likes don't make money, right? Yeah. They're not clicking through to a landing page that's going to no. make you money. That's going to or download a book or mm-hmm. build your database. It's getting you likes that yeah. feeds your ego. Um, and there might be situations that you might want to do that. So, for example, um, you can boost events. So events are good. But again, you just get loads of people clicking interested. You don't truly know if they're going to turn up because all they've had to do is click that one interested button and that's it. Mm -hmm. So if you've never been inside the Facebook ads manager, Mm -hmm. um, in my view, you've not truly run Facebook ads yet. And and when I talk to a lot of people and they've tried these boosted posts, um, we look at their strategy. We tell them to go and set it up in a different way, depending on what their objective is. Um, through the ads manager where they can get to true targeting mm. and before we talk about targeting we need to talk about objectives as well because there's loads of different objectives that you can truly select yeah. if you're in the facebook ads manager so you might decide that you're a brand new, let's imagine you're a brand new author you've never written a book before and you want to get your book and yeah. name out there right okay good example so first thing is if you look at the three state in fact there's four stages of marketing the first one is awareness mm-hmm. The second one is consideration. The third one is conversion. And the fourth one is retention. Okay. Retention you can use in all different ways on Facebook. So let's just look at the three categories. So if you're a brand new author, has got a brand new book out. um, First off, you really need to get your name out there. And so you would run an awareness campaign, which is really targeted at getting the most people Mm. to see your name in your book. So they might not actually take action at that point, but at least you'll get into awareness. Okay. Mm -hmm. If you were to look at consideration, excuse me, that might be where you want to start getting people to opt into a list to download the first um, chapter chapter, of the book. Um, And then you look at conversion. So then if you if you were to if you're an author and let's just take this as as the journey Mm. just for authors and and it can happen across every single product type and business type. The awareness objective, you set to reach the maximum number of people for the Mm. lowest cost where they just get to know about your name and book. 
The consideration part would be get them to download the first chapter. Mm -hmm. And then the conversion part would be to send them to your Amazon link or to wherever it is that they can buy the book. Yeah. Um, and, and each of those are measured differently. And because, as I said, Facebook knows about your activity, right? So the awareness, it's just going to force it into as many people's news feeds as possible. Yeah. But if it knows that you always opt into things or you always download stuff that you've clicked through Facebook, it will show it to the people who are most likely to opt in. Mm. If you tell it that I want you to measure it by conversions, by the amount of people that purchase, it will show it to the people who are most likely to purchase. Oh, really? So that's really key. And that's so it's why... it's showing it to different people on that setting. Yes, based on their that. activity. Um, so that's the really important thing is, number one, if you've boosted posts, sorry, but you haven't run ads properly in yeah. my book. Second thing, before we even look at targeting, is what is the objective of your advert? Um, and of course, we all want to go straight to selling. Yeah. Because we want to make money. Mm -hmm. Sadly, marketing doesn't work like that. No. Um, so you've got to do some warm-up stuff. And, and it could be, for example, let's take the love challenge that you did, okay, yeah. right? So I would have done some podcast or, or some videos to mm. reach. Then I would have got them to opt in for a, a, maybe a webinar to yeah. collect their details for the consideration. And mm -hmm. then I would have run purchase um, objectives um, conversion right. objectives for to actually purchase the course that's really that's really important to understand is now i was just reading about that the other day about the different in fact it was, it was in a content marketing article by um mars or hubspot and it was saying like the content you write at every stage of that marketing funnel is different because you need content to make people aware you need content to help people consider you need content to close and i hadn't thought about the different ads and so there is actually value to people just seeing your book and going oh that looks interesting and then not taking action because then when you run an ad later or when you when they walk in the shop uh, in the bookshop and they see your book they've already seen it once and they go oh, that's that book i saw it looks quite interesting actually sometimes it's subconscious they go oh, i've heard of that i can't remember where from and then that's enough to make them want to buy it not only that but it also helps to build audience so for example if you were to run a reach campaign mm. um you can then set up what's called a custom list, a custom audience list that Facebook compiles for you. Mm -hmm. Sadly, they never give you the details of who's involved in that. But let's let's go back to the um, love challenge example. So yeah. let's look at the fact that you would have run some or, or we could have run some um, some videos with the reach objective. So you were paying to get your video about the love um, challenge into people's newsfeed. Yeah. Then what you can do in the custom lists, which is where you build specific audiences that aren't related to demographics yeah. or interests or behaviours, and you can say, okay, if anyone's watched more than 50% of my advert, yeah. they're going to have retained far much more information. Mm -hmm. So instead of them sending them to the consideration, I would have sent them straight to the conversion. Right. Yeah. So you can build all these different audiences. So it's not just based on, and let's talk about audiences now. So if you're going out to a cold audience, mm. you can go out to someone based on their behaviours, you can go out to someone based on their interests, or you can go out to someone based on their demographics. Yeah. This is beyond location, age, and gender. Yeah. So for example, in behaviours, um, and let's take the, the networking thing that I run here, okay? So yeah, so you run a networking event here in Gran Canaria, I, I, a business I, network. Yeah, so I've been here two years. I work for myself from home. I live alone. It's difficult to meet people, right? Yeah. And they always say, if you want to build a tri if you want to meet your tribe, build them. Yeah. If you can't find what's already existing, build so your own build thing. your own tribe. So I decided to set up ne Networking Mass Palomas. 
So we've run a few... Um, so I wanted to build my own tribe and, and I thought, right, okay, let's create networking Mass Palomas. Mm. Um, and I ran a few business, proper business networking events where, you know, you do the 60 second introduction. Mm. We get between 10, 15, 20 people each month turn up to that and that's great. And I was really interested in how many people would turn up to a social event. Yeah. Um, and beers and chat. So, so friends of mine actually run a craft beer pub mm. in Played English, which is nearby. Um, knew that they'd look after my guests really well. Um, knew that I'd probably get a few free beers. Of course, there's always a bonus. <laughs> and um, but I still wanted people with an with a um, a business bias to turn up, so that there'll be interesting conversations as well. Um, so what we did was we targeted anybody that was within a um, five mile radius of Mass Palomas. Now I didn't just choose everybody. Mm-hmm. So so when you look at, you can choose everyone. Everyone that's travelling, everyone that's been there recently. Yeah. So I wanted to choose people on that occasion that lived here. Right. That are here that because it's very transient, I actually live yeah. in a tourist location. And then the next thing I wanted to do was that I wanted them to like craft beer because I want them to spend money in my friend's pub, right? So so that was the first targeting. Now, a lot of mistakes that people make when they're setting up advertising is they get very excited because there's 1,200 different things yeah. that you can choose as targeting. And they're like, happy birthday. All my Christmases <laughs> and birthdays have come at once. I've been but, doing that. It's like, oh, people who like that. But, like what, that. but what the biggest uh, mistake that most people make is to put all of those in the top box. Right. Because if you put them all into the top box. What's the top box? So, so that's the first bit where you add in the interests yeah. right okay. so people get carried away and i look at campaigns sometime and people have added like 50 to 100 interests yeah. but what facebook will do then if you put them all into one mm-hmm. thing is they will say it could be someone who likes craft beer or likes networking yeah. or likes business or well that's not good enough because you mm. could have everybody you could have someone that turns up that likes networking and doesn't like beer so what you do is you create the main thing. So the main thing in that example was I wanted them to like craft beer because I wanted them to spend money yeah. in my friend's pub. But then what you can do is you can narrow the audience. So if you click narrow audience, another box appears uh, okay. where you can add in another criteria. So what you're effectively saying is an and rather than an or at yeah. that point in yeah. magic terms. So we want them to like craft beer and to be interested in networking. Or at that point, what I did was selected are a Facebook page admin. Mm. Oh, and wow. that because that's a behavior. Okay, yeah. So you can actually target people based on their behaviors and Facebook know who all of the the people who are Facebook mm. page admins. I also used the behavior that is a small business owner. Yeah. Because you can use that as a behavior Facebook know who small business owners are. Right. So I don't have to then decide like they've got to be a managing director, freelancer, digital yeah, nomad, yeah. whatever anyone's calling themselves at that time. I can just say, right, the behaviour is that they're a small business owner. So in that respect, it was, the first thing was they liked craft beer and then they were a Facebook page admin or were a small business owner. Right. And what was the result of running that campaign? Well, it cost me 30 30 quid or in fact 30 euros. Mm -hmm. um, And we had over 30 people show up. That's brilliant. (laughs) <laughs> uh, and they spent a lot of money, yeah. way more money than than the bar would normally see in a normal night. Yeah, yeah. It was it was a social, so of course everyone had come prepared to have a few beers. Yeah. Um. So it, it just worked really well. It worked really well for the bar. It worked really mm. well for me because I had different people that turned up that would never normally come during the day. Yeah. No, that's really interesting. And um, whenever I've run an advert, one of the problems because I'm curious 
what was in the advert itself? So the advert is for thing that displays in the newsfeed or wherever it's going to appear. What did you put in the advert? It was, um, do you like beer? Do you like networking? Come and join us. <laughs> really? Yeah. What was in the graphic then? Uh, just a picture of beer. So, because the thing, the trick, the thing that always threw me is whenever I tried to do Facebook ads at first, is I'd have text in the in the in the main box in the graphic, and then it would reject it because it said there's too much text because Facebook wants to have pictures and not not a, an image that's packed full of text. It, and the reason for that is, and people mm. think that that Facebook are yeah, being bloody that? awkward because you can't read it if there's more than a lot. If there's a lot okay. of text, most people look at Facebook ads on mobile. Right, but I mean, I was just having large text, like four words, but they were big, and it's just so it was taking up more than twenty percent of the space. So yours was just a picture of beer, and then it was a text that was doing all the work and describing the event. Uh, but but what I had was I ran that as an event ad, so I had the okay. Facebook event set up, and the header oh, okay. of the Facebook yeah. event was the picture. And it was of a beer. free event. Yeah, it was yeah. a free event. So all they had to do was go to the event and then click yes, I want to come. Yeah, right, that makes sense. Okay, and and I mean. So you think most people are getting it wrong because I'm sure some people have tried doing Facebook ads and given up because they didn't get good results or their Facebook ads manager, which is within, it's a kind of hidden part of Facebook you go into from, normally from your Facebook page, isn't it? So you look normally, Where well, you've it? got two ways of accessing it. Number yeah. one is through the Facebook business manager. Okay. And if you want to use audiences properly and you're going to use the Facebook mm-hmm. pixel, you're going to install that on your site, you have to have the Facebook business manager these days. Okay. Um, so you either access it by Facebook Business Manager, which is business.facebook.com. Okay. Or if you're still using it um, as yourself, then you log into your own profile on a desktop. And mm. there is a mobile app. There's a Facebook Ads mobile app, which is great for monitoring. Yeah. But it doesn't give you half of the options uh, yeah. of the brilliant targeting that a desktop so does. It, it's worth downloading the app, which is free from Facebook. Once you're running a campaign, you can, monitor it, it you can get it to send you notifications and yeah. say your ad's been approved or disapproved yeah. and whatever else. So that's that's interesting. But, but if you're running hmm. it from um, your own personal account um, and you're logged in on a laptop, for example, on the very top right corner, there's a little tiny blue down arrow. Yeah. If you click on that and then go to either create ad or manage ad, that will take you into the okay. ads manager. Yeah. It is a bit bewildering, you have to say, it, when the it's ads not, manager. It's really up. not the easiest user face <laughs> ever. However, that said, it's a million times easier than LinkedIn's. Than LinkedIn's oh, yeah. Oh, Google's Facebook ca- uh, ad campaign thing was not really very well, easy. Well, none of them are. No. <laughs> no. no. I mean, they're doing a lot. There's a lot of different parameters you can set in there. If someone really wants to learn Facebook, how do you think they should do it? Um, Facebook have their own training. How do they? Um, the thing is that they is train you how to spend money on Facebook, yeah. of course. But what it does is it gives you the absolute essentials and it's free. Okay. It's called Facebook Blueprint. Yeah. So if you just Google Facebook Blueprint and there's literally everything you would even need ever need Great. to learn about marketing on Facebook, yeah. on Facebook Blueprint. Um, but as I say, what it does is it trains you how to set up ads mm-hmm. that will spend budget yeah, because right. they're there to make money yeah. um how you refine that is you test and measure test and measure test and test and measure yeah f- you know follow people i mean they're, they're, i'm in a number of facebook ad buyers groups um oh, yeah. that i just keep an eye on to see what the trends are what everyone right. is talking about you'll you'll hear people talk about bully method and they've all got these terms do you know what it's all just so, excuse my language bullshit it's <laughs> yeah. like Test and measure yourself because what one works in one sector doesn't work in the other. That's really important because I think what people do is, particularly if they're not naturally entrepreneurial and a lot of people listen to the podcast are quite creatively minded and so the business is sometimes not their their core skill set. So it's very easy to not pay attention to the data. 
And one of the most important thing is you need to have the pixel on your website. So if you're bringing people to the website to buy something, you know that the ad converted to a sale and whether they actually bought or whether they gave up or not, because it's the only way you can tell if the ad made a profit. Because if you work out all the money you spent on ads and then all the sales you got from Facebook, the only way you can tell whether, you know, the sales is greater than is by knowing those two numbers specifically. And and the other thing is, is that once you have an advert that consistently converts and makes more money than you're spending, even if the adverts cost you a lot of money and you see people who spend tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands per month on Facebook ads, if you know you get twice as much back or even 10 times as much back, it's like a cash machine. As, you can as long as it's those. profitable, yeah. As, as, long, as long as it's profitable, yeah. that sale, then you're basically, you can run ads all day. And as long as there's enough people of the same kind, then that, you know, you might tweet the campaign after a while. And you need to learn about scaling. So if you get an advert that really performs really well, you need to you need to test and measure how to scale that yeah. advert. Because what people will do is they'll spend like 50 to 100 quid testing, yeah. get brilliant results and go, right, I'm going to go in at a grand. Nah, it doesn't work that way. Right. Um, because Facebook know the results you've had before. So mm. you can either stop that ad completely and start again. But mm. of course, you're going to be hitting the same audience with a much higher thing. Or you scale gradually. And we say don't scale more than 20% every day budget-wise. Oh, really? Yeah, because otherwise Facebook would just go, I'm going to take all your money, thank you very much, and just give <laughs> yeah. you pretty shonky results. So, really? Yeah. yeah, it takes time to scale. It's, and, okay. and that's good because that keeps you on your toes. Yeah. It keeps you testing and measuring. And the key is you must look at your adverts every day. Right. You know, people think, oh, for, for example, a boosted post, oh, I'll spend 30 quid and I'll leave it running for a week. Right. Mm. No, no one that's taking ads seriously leaves anything running yeah. for a week without looking at it. You've got to go in to the Facebook ads manager. Even if you do use 30 quid budget for a week, you've got to make sure that you look in. Is it, is it going up? Am I getting the right amount of clicks? Am I not getting yeah. clicks? Right. If I'm not getting clicks, stop the advert. What's happening? And there's often a few things that are not working, right? Mm. Okay, so it's either the image isn't, uh, and and people, by the way, still run predominantly image adverts. Mm -hmm. um, the image is probably not stop arresting enough in the news yeah. feed um, to make them stop and look. The copy is often very, mm. very weak. Yeah. And the call to action is often very, very right. weak. So they're the three things you've got to look at really yeah. consciously. Um, and decide what it is that you could change and you test each element so if your ad isn't working after mm. two days you don't change the whole lot at right. once yeah. you know we always start the first thing we change is the image oh really yeah, yeah. okay the second thing we change is the copy the third mm. thing we change is the headline but each yeah. of those would be per day so that we can measure the results the next day and do you do split testing where you're running two versions yeah but you've got to have decent budget to do that oh really yeah you've got to have decent budget to do that because um i mean you, you could set mm. up like six adverts under one ad set mm -hmm. um but you wouldn't want to because that's not really testing properly right because you're, you're only changing the image it, yeah, but you could, for instance, run two versions with the same copy but different images, see which one performs better, and then say, make that the main one. You could. Yeah. Yeah, okay. But And you can test exponentially, by the way. You, there's every single element mm. that you can test. You can test yeah. different placements. And that's the other thing I want to say to you about. Remember, Facebook owns Instagram. Yeah, sure. Um, I see a lot of people run adverts on Instagram. They get very excited on Instagram mm. because they get a lot more reach. Oh, yeah. But 
But Facebook has what's called, um, they call it Facebook real estate, okay? It's where can Facebook put an advert on Facebook? Yeah. And there's so much competition for the news feed on Facebook that they will automatically, if you choose Instagram as a placement mm -hmm. um, on, on the same budget, so you're not mm. allocating its own budget, they will automatically show it to you way more on Instagram mm -hmm. than they will on Facebook because they know they haven't got the space. Right. Um, and then you're competing on Instagram, which is fine. But remember, a lot of stuff that happens on Instagram is driven by bots. Yeah. As in, you know, yeah. these things that just go, oh, I love your photograph. Yeah. Um, I've stopped about six people who have come to me recently from running any Instagram ads at all. When we were looking at it and they, and they saw these graphs and they saw the graphs were much higher on Facebook, yeah. uh, on Instagram than on Facebook. But when we actually brought down the nuts and bolts of where were they buying, they were all buying on Facebook. Right. So we cut off all of their Instagram stuff straight away. Oh, that's interesting. So be very wary about Instagram. And, and be careful because um, when you're setting up an advert and you're using the Facebook Ads Manager, mm -hmm. it will default to all placements. Oh, really? Yeah. So what, it will put it on Instagram by it, default? It will put it onto Facebook everywhere, including right. Messenger. It will put it onto Instagram, feeds and stories. Right. It will put it onto um, the audience network. It puts it everywhere. Yeah. It puts it into Messenger. Um, be really careful about running mes messenger ads. Yeah. I only run messenger ads to warm audience. Okay, right. Because if you're a brand new company, we all get really excited by that little red notification, right, that we've got a brand new notification on messenger. Well, mm -hmm. maybe I'm just sad, but I yeah, get really yeah, excited. Yeah. It's really hard to ignore your messenger notifications. Yeah. I can ignore my main Facebook app notifications because mm. it's just likes and comments, but I can't ignore a notification yeah. in messenger because... It'd be someone that's trying to say something to me directly. Yeah. And then I get really pissed off and I go in there and it's a bloody advert. So so only place it into Messenger to a warm audience. And that's yeah. normally from a custom list. So okay. so someone that's either you know has consumed a lot of your content yeah. or that's already on your email mess list that you've had a GDPR permission from in order to use so um, wait a minute. Facebook so ads. What we're saying is you can upload your email list if you have one onto Facebook and run ads to them. But have you got to specifically, according to the European GDPR regulations, have you got to say it's okay to run ads to Facebook or? Yep. Well, yep. no one's doing that. So within your <laughs> private, and this is why, so John and I had a discussion earlier around GDPR and we have different views and that's fine. We all come from different areas of life and, and we all play the games the different ways. But um, if you've had someone opt in post 25th of May last year, which is when GDPR went live, 2018, yeah. um, you should have ensured that within your privacy and cookie policies that it stated quite clearly that you would be using Facebook ads. Oh, so if you've said that, then, okay, then you've got permission effectively. Yes. Alrighty. I'll make sure to add that. <laughs> and, and remember that when Facebook gave um, the GDPR stuff prior to the 25th mm -hmm. of May, it gave everyone the option to opt out of pixel marketing. So mm -hmm. it didn't give you the option to opt out of Facebook ads. Yeah. Um, because otherwise, sorry about the screaming, guys. My bungalow is literally right next to the swimming pool. <laughs> and and as I said, we are in Grand Canaria. It's beautiful, so we're not going inside. Yeah. Um, what was I saying? The GDPR stuff. So yeah. the pixel. So it couldn't, Facebook couldn't take away Facebook ads, right? Because mm -hmm. that's how they survive yeah. that's how they're a business um so they're never going to stop serving you adverts mm -hmm. but what they had to do under gdpr is say that um enable the pixel not to work for you yeah right so if i go onto a store and i look at a pair of shoes that's got the facebook mm -hmm. pixel installed in it as the example we gave earlier 
um, then I've actually opted out of pixel marketing, so it won't show me the oh, shoes really? when I go back onto Facebook. It can't. Do you it's not, not allowed that? to. Because some of you find that really annoying when it when adverts follow you around the internet. It, it, why did you opt out then? I opted out of pixel marketing because I know how powerful it is and I don't want them to see all my shopping habits and show me adverts for stuff that... You know, I'm one of these buyers. I spend all my life online. If I'm going to buy something, I'm going to buy it. Right. I don't need Facebook to ha hassle me around mm. the whole thing. And, of course, I'm in Facebook marketing, so I get a lot of bloody mm. Facebook, how-to-do-Facebook ads courses up here. Oh, well, I get life coaches yeah. plenty in my field. Yeah. That's all I ever get adverts for. Yeah. So, um, you know, there's, I don't want to hear about these marketing bros for the 9,000th <laughs> time. So, yeah, that's why I opted no, out. that's how I feel. So, um. Uh, but you said bots are quite interesting. This is, please explain what a, a Facebook bot is. So we have Facebook Messenger bots. So yeah. Facebook Messenger bots are um, sequences that that happen automatically that mm -hmm. you set up that happen. So it feels like you as a business is chatting to the person in real time. So these bots are automated things that send. Uh, preset messages to people on Messenger and have a kind of conversation with them. Yeah. And they can read their response and to a certain extent, you know, make intelligent decisions. So so reading responses is down to JSON coding and keywords. And by the way, if you... JSON coding, I'm not going to pretend I even know about that. No, I don't so know that, that's for the proper geeks, okay? okay. Um, I can refer people to proper geeks, okay. but I don't speak that mm. geek language. But... And you just need to be really careful about setting responses based on keywords. Mm -hmm. um, because, you know, if you say someone needs to have a keyword around, um, tell me what time you're open, mm -hmm. and they add in Easter, and then all of a sudden the bot will only mm -hmm. give them the Easter opening times. Yeah, okay. Or, you know, so just be really careful on that. What The way we use Messenger bots is um, by they have to click a button to see what next response they're going to get. Okay. So, for example, would you like to win... Um, would you like a free thing? Yeah, because so you had an example of a company that does electrical bits and they're offering a, uh, you ran adverts. Uh, explain what the ad campaign was. So the ad campaign was to um, get a bundle of patch leads. So yeah. these are leads that connect up Wi-Fi thingies, yeah, yeah. right? Um, so we had that and there was no strings attached. It mm -hmm. was purely um, post, pre-GDPR, they had over 40,000 people on their list. Mm -hmm. After GDPR, they had 4,000 people on their mm. list. Um, but that's good. And it's really important to say that that's good because those 4,000 that remained opted in were mm. warm audience, yeah. have stayed on the list, have increased the open rates dramatically, mm. which gives good um, signals for the SMTP, which means that they get a better open rate and more deliverability. So, so th there's a bo bonus in that. This is an email marketing point. If you send emails to people and they don't open them for a while, then people like Google and Yahoo monitor that and they say, well, this person sends loads of emails to Yahoo addresses or Gmail addresses that people don't open. They're, 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 they're possibly a spammer and we'll stick them in the junk. Yeah. So... So these guys really needed to build their database quite significantly. Mm. Um, so what we said was, okay, we'll give away some patch leads um, and we'll run some adverts that says, would you like to claim patch leads? Now, we made sure that that audience was highly targeted. Yeah. Um, and we, we ran it first to a cold audience. 
Then we used a lookalike audience. And that's the other brilliant thing about Facebook. Oh, yeah. If you're using the Facebook business manager and you can create your own audiences based on behavior. Explain what a lookalike audience so is. So a lookalike audience. So what we did was we uploaded a list of everybody that had already requested these free mm. patch leads. Um, because we knew that we were targeting IT professionals. And then we said to Facebook, okay, this is what I call the seed list. That's, mm. that's Caroline language. That's not anything else. Um, now go and find me a lookalike audience in the UK mm. that has got most of the interests and behavior that these people who yeah. have already opted in have got. Which is amazing. So you basically say, here's a bunch of people who are already like us. Find us other people who look like this kind of person. Yeah. That's an amazing thing to be it's able to brilliant. do, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and you do still need to put some element of targeting in that. So we still put some, an element of the age targeting, the location targeting. It was only yeah. um, UK. Um, and we still wanted them to have be within a certain um, industry, mm -hmm. which was IT and installations. Um, but we ran these ads and we ran them to a bot. So, mm -hmm. And the reason that we ran them to a bot is that we wanted them to opt into the bot Yes. Which meant that we could ongoing market to them mm -hmm. through the bot. Because so, so just to be clear, when they clicked on the advert, where did they go to? They went to Messenger. So it took to Messenger. And then did they automatically get a message saying something? So so as soon as they clicked um, and went through to Messenger, they clicked mm -hmm. Get Started. Okay. And then up appeared a message saying, um, welcome so-and-so. Oh, first off, we have to tell them how to unsubscribe. That's the rules, right? Mm -hmm. That's the world we live in post-GDPR. Um, the second message is... Um, Great, you want to download your, um, have you got time now to, to apply for your free patch leads, yes yep. or no? If they clicked yes, it then opened up the landing page where they entered the information on the landing page. Now, mm. you might think, why did I send them to a bot and not directly to the landing yeah. page? That's because people get to the landing page mm. and post GDPR world, mm -hmm. they now have to click to say, yes, I want to opt into this list. Right, yeah. Most people do not click that list anymore, mm. that box. Yeah. So, so we're getting to the stage where we're giving away these lovely three, three mm. things to three things to build database, mm -hmm. and they're not even opting in. Yeah. So I can't market to them anymore. <laughs> so but, you're just a money loser. Yeah. But but they will stay opted into to Facebook Messenger way okay. more. Right. Uh, so, so into the into the bot, which they see as being in Facebook Messenger. Okay. Yeah. So that's why I sent them into the bot first, because I wanted them to opt into the bot. Mm -hmm. If they said, yes, I've got time, they would send off to the landing page. Mm -hmm. They filled out all the details to make sure they got their patch leads. If they said, no, I haven't got time, mm -hmm. we say, we up appears another message saying, we completely understand you're busy. Uh, we're going to send you a message tomorrow to remind you yeah. to opt in. So that keeps them in the string, keeps yeah. them talking. And there's an unsubscribe option. You have to do an unsubscribe mm -hmm. option at the bottom of every group of messages. Um, we had 97% open rate. Yeah. We had, no, uh, sorry, 100% open rate, 97% click through. Wow. And of course, when they click through to the landing page, what have I made sure is on there? We've made sure the pixel's on there mm -hmm. so that we can retarget them based on on anything that's to do with patch leads yeah. going forward or we know that they're into a specific um, interest. Yeah. So we might send them blogs in the future to make sure that they're then clicking back through. Mm. So we, the pixel's collecting data all of the time. Um, so once we've run the advert and they've they've opted in, they're in. They might or may not be in the email database. Once they're in the bot, you can't then send them a marketing message in straight away. You're not allowed to. Right. It's a, and this is to do with um, 
keeping the quality of Facebook Messenger okay. okay. Mm. So what we do is the next thing we do is send them a blog saying, here's our latest blog on, and it was about home Wi-Fi and yeah. mesh Wi-Fi and the, the whole 5G and Internet of things. Mm. Read this blog. And, of course, because we're then giving value, mm. we're not trying to sell them anything. You get a lot of people open that. So the open rates stay absurdly mm. high. I mean, if you if you send a, an email campaign, you're lucky if 25% yeah. people oh, yeah. would... The click rate, once they've opened that, is probably like 5 6%. Yeah. You know, even on the blog, we're getting like 80% open rates and 70% yeah. click-throughs because they can't help themselves. That, that little red notification mm. in Messenger. And then, of course, if we decide to then send a promotional message, um, again, to ensure quality, it will only show it to anybody that's been mm. live, active, talking to you in Messenger on the bot within the last 24 hours. Yeah. So that's why we send the messen that's why we send the blog first mm. because it's value so people open it and yeah. because they've opened it and opened that message in Messenger it shows they've been active in 24 within 24 hours it then allows us to deliver the actual e-shot or the the marketing campaign that that's basically yeah. getting them to buy um it makes sure that the maximum audience sees that and we have right. great and obviously we have to put unsubscribes in every in every step um, that has worked amazingly. Yeah, and this system, you use an app to do this, don't you? Yeah, I use ManyChat. ManyChat.com, yeah. and it's not that expensive. It's not that. Oh, it depends on the size of your database. Okay. Um, I think it's something like twenty. Oh, honestly, don't it's ask me because I'm really good at spending clients' money. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's about twenty dollars for a thousand subscribers, twenty-five for two thousand, or something okay. like that. It's really mm. not. A lot of money per month yeah. and and it doesn't just give you the op option to to collect data it gives you the option to set up automated sequence mm. so you could set up customer service sequences you could set up blog sequences yeah. you know you could set up set up drip feeding of a book sequences you can set up all sorts yeah. you know did you enjoy chapter one have chapter two did you enjoy chapter two have chapter three mm. yes no and then you also you, again you can test and measure your content right yeah so if you're an author that's just trying to test out your 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 content and you're happy to mm. give away your free book you can see at what point did people stop reading yeah and then you can go and tweak that chapter <laughs> yeah that's true okay so i find this facebook stuff fascinating and i'm gonna i'm gonna go and learn more about it i've got to do some more ad campaigns i think um and meanwhile what's life in gran canaria like how did you how did you wash up here it's tough life here, John, you know. Yeah, really I've, I've experienced life. this over the past couple of days being here. Um, well, as you can see, my office has no walls. Yes. Um, and I always say, I'm a creative, I always say it's blue skies, the blue sky thinking. Yeah. And I have blue skies pretty much most of the time. In the first 18 months I was here, it rained for 11 days. Oh, really? Yeah. So it's a hard life. How did I wash up here? Um, my business is almost nine years old. For the first four and a half years, it was very much um, a local business looking after local customers. Mm. Um, and then I went off to Bali and learned how to run a location independent business. Mm -hmm. Came back, closed the office, made everyone location independent, including myself, um, and started to work from home, travel the world while I was working. Yeah, I've been coming to Gran Canaria on holiday since the year 2000. Mm. Whenever I didn't know where to go, I'd always come back to Gran Canaria and I'm actually living my dream now because I'm living 500 meters from where I used to come on holiday <laughs> and I used to say every time I'm going to live here one day yeah and now I do it's brilliant so and I, t I came here for six weeks and just didn't go home if I'm honest you know yeah. I came here um I came here in April it was still cold April 2017 it was still cold it was wet it was grim 
came here, it was sunny, it was yeah. warm, blue sky. You've got a hot tub over there. I've got a hot tub. <laughs> I haven't always lived in this apartment, though, to be fair. I, I yeah. lived in an Airbnb for the first year I was here um, because I wanted to make sure that I was definitely wanting to settle mm. here. Um, and just carry, and, and thought, I actually wanted to give it a couple of years because I wanted to know, could I retain clients and win new clients overseas right. in yeah. one place, right? Because all the time I was digital nomading, which was going away, coming back, going mm. away, coming back. My customers still knew at some point I was coming back to the UK. Yeah. And I, I, I did wonder, how long can I be away from the UK? Mm. So I guess that's what kept me in an Airbnb for the first year because I wasn't truly convinced or I, I had no evidence. I, I, had, yeah. I didn't know either way and I needed the evidence that, you know, if I can be away for a year and not go back, then I think yeah. that we'll retain them. And we have we've retained every single customer and I've been out here now two years this month. The real key thing is to establish your business before you even travel. Yeah, I think that's a very good tip. So the people who want to be digital nomads or just live abroad is like you've got to work out what you're going to do first, and you you've got to, and and get it going. Build a customer base, get money coming in, yeah. get contracts or or a guaranteed yeah. revenue, um, so you know what's coming in because you know if you're a long way from home, if you've got you're not a long way from home, it's four and a half hours, but you've still got mm. to fly back, you've still got to see people. Yeah. Get getting everything such that you know the business was it was. Um, I had enough customers that I didn't have to worry about money. Yeah. No, that's great. And I think that's the real key important thing is I see so many people coming here wanting to be a digital nomad with no business. I haven't seen any of them last longer than two or three months before yeah. having to go home. And, and that's killed their dream and probably their entrepreneurial mm. spirit as well. So I always say, if you can build a foundation, you'll hear many gurus say you can make it online. Look, I'm a digital marketer, right? I believe that you can make money online, mm. but you need a reputation at least to leverage yeah. on. And understand the market that you're moving to. I mean, I see a lot of people, digital nomads, come to Gran Canaria thinking that they're going to make money here. Mm. The average salary in Gran Canaria for the locals yeah. is 800 euros a month. Right. Businesses won't spend more than 300 euros a month on running Facebook ads. Whereas mm. campaigns like that in the UK, you can charge a thousand, two thousand pounds. So, you know, you need to understand where are you going and what is the market and what will they pay for? Yeah. And I, it, it never ceases to amaze me that most of the digital nomads that I meet want to do business locally. Like the whole <laughs> idea of being a digital nomad is to have all your clients yeah. online. Like all your clients are elsewhere. They're all in the UK, aren't they? Uh, UK, Australia. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Well, it is very nice here, and uh, I can see the appeal. And and I'm impressed also that I think you're one of those people, a bit like also Natasha, who have been, we've met out here, um, who has come, decided what you want out of life in terms of where you want to live and so on. But kind of, you know, you, you've, you've done what's trendily called lifestyle design, but in a way that's real and sustainable sustainable and understanding but it actually it's quite hard at first it's hard to find the right place to live in exactly the right area and to make connections most of all and you've managed to do it but i think if you go in with a with your eyes wide open you can create the life you want to want, want to live so i think it's really nice that you're a good example of that thank you yeah well thank you caroline thank you john pleasure right. as always cheers yeah. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Ideas Lab podcast. Please do subscribe. And if you've enjoyed this episode, it would be great if you could leave us a review. You can get links and details of everything mentioned in the podcast in the show notes 
along with photos and video clips from many of our episodes. Just go to theideaslab.org forward slash podcast.